Super Sunday ended with a 1-0 win for Arsenal in the title clash against Manchester City. Today, we discuss what that victory means for Arsenal, for Man City, and also the title race. Roll the intro. Hello and welcome to the Lost in Possession podcast. If you're here for the first time, please do us a quick favour and yourself and hit that subscribe button for weekly free football content. Now, without further ado, let's kick off this episode. As I said, Arsenal 1, Man City 0 was the big result of the weekend. We're going to get into it, analyse the game and talk what it means for the title race in the Premier League. Let's get it. We'll start with we'll start with the losing side. So, Jamie... You're obviously at the game. Disappointing result in the end. How did you rate your performance and ultimately the game? Performance-wise, um, I think people are going over the top with saying how badly we played. Look, I think overall, I think Reese can probably agree, if it was nil-nil, no one would have battered an eyelid. Like That was probably the fair result because both teams weren't great attacking wise and for us to go away from home and have that let's say it finished nil nil you'd go you know what that's not a bad point away away at arsenal but it ends up one nil through a deflected goal that's where people then start reacting because of that goal so i think the performance was actually fine really especially when you look at how badly we were against wolves that that was a shit performance this was a lot better, more controlled. It did lack, I think for both teams, to be perfectly honest, it lacked something in the final third for both teams. I think that is also a testament to both defences. But I don't think both teams went for the win, really. I think both were like, you know what, a draw's not too bad. And then something just fell. Like I say, it's a deflected goal. If you looked at the XG of Martinez's shot, it was 004 like, I'm not even sure it was on target. Like, I haven't properly watched a replay. Don't want to, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. But it wasn't... I don't think it was ever going to actually trouble Edison, apart from maybe making... I think the most it would have been is an Arsenal corner. Big deflection. It is what it is. It happens for you. It happens against you. It's annoying to lose, but overall, I don't think the performance was that bad compared to what people are reacting like when you're going away from home to a title contender. Yeah, I think that's fair. And, and before we move on to Reese's thoughts from an Arsenal perspective, we've got to talk about Rodri because you've now lost, correct me if I'm wrong, three out of the last four games. Um, yeah. Or, or five, yeah, obviously lost to Wolves, lost to Arsenal, lost to Newcastle. Um, And I believe you were without Rodri in all three. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah that so, was his three-game suspension. Yeah, so that, has to be that there's there's no coincidence in that in my opinion how obviously the suspension's a suspension it's over now whatever but do you fear for, for City a little bit without Roger in the team um fear I think is a strong word because in that time we were actually without Bernardo Silva Kevin De Bruyne in that midfield as well so for, for we had Bernardo Silva against Arsenal but for Wolves and Newcastle we didn't have any of them three and 
that's probably our best three midfield. Um, so to not have any of them, there's going to be a drop-off. No matter what team you put it at, you lose all three of your midfield, <laughs> you're going to have a drop-off. Um, I don't think the replacements are bad at all. Like, But when you drop from your strongest, you're going to be a bit weaker. The Newcastle game, not fussed at all about, to be perfectly honest. We were going to play a, a weakened sort of weakened side. Rodri wouldn't have played that game anyway. Went away to Newcastle and lost one one nil. It's not it's not the end of the world. The Wolves game, like I said before, was just terrible. The whole performance was terrible. That was concerning. But then the Arsenal one, like I say, we've gone away to Arsenal. They've I think got their strongest I'd say that's their strongest or one of their strongest midfields. Actually, yeah, you know, Partey and Jorginho. Um, in that, and that would be the only difference. So I think it's it is concerning because it's three losses, but it's not as I don't I think context makes it seem not it could be it could be worse basically. Yeah. If we had other players other players fit, we probably wouldn't have struggled as much. Yeah, I think as well. Like you know, he he's back now, so it's less of a concern. Um, but if he does pick up an injury, I think that's when there might be a bit of you know, a couple of red flags for City. Um, let's move on. Reese, massive, massive victory. I know you like to play down the importance, but, you know, Arsenal's recent record against Man City in the league, despite how good they've been, is, is, is appalling. So this was a huge turning of the tide, in my opinion. What do you think this victory means to you? Well, not you, but Arsenal in general. Yeah, I mean, I think 13 is, 13th is probably a, Unlucky number for some, but for us, it turned out to be a lucky one at last after 12 consecutive league losses to City. Um, or not beating them in 12, whatever you want to put it. Um, it was lo- it was losses that was it was um 18, it would have been not beating us, so like that's ridiculous. So but, yeah, but this thing that's, that's a poor record for any team, even if you are bottom of the league, you know, you should beat at least one. And I think it was the only team Arteta hadn't beaten. In his time in the league, you can't really count the promoted teams yet. But so it's to get the monkey off the back, right? If Arsenal want to improve, they have to win these sorts of games. You can't just keep relying on quality all the time. You need luck. And a deflected goal is exactly what we got, very similar to Community Shield. So it was needed. It was needed. It was a good result. Um, I know a lot of people raised concerns about Saka not playing. Um, and I do get that. But I, I remember saying before the game that. It's not the end of the world, him not playing. And I think one of the major factors is it will encourage us to change tactically, not just give him the ball. You know, we've got to try and find other avenues. So that's what they did. You know, it was a it was a game with no... I think Jamie was right. Both teams were sort of, as long as we don't lose, we'll be happy. And I think that was reflected in, you know, I know Arsenal have 12 shots, but let's be honest, Udegaard shot a few of them over the bar quite far and, City only had four, and I suppose one of them was probably that deflection off Raya, um, or that kick kick to Aki Raya. But well, just on that, sorry, just on the XG stats that that does stack up. So, although statistically speaking, Arsenal had three times Man City shots, actually Man City had the slightly higher XG. So, although Arsenal did more in terms of actual good chances, and and Jamie you touched on it with a goal, there wasn't really much. No, exactly. There wasn't there wasn't much and, and everyone thought it was drifting and, and you see this a lot when it's the bigger 
the bigger sort of games, those top of the table games. I think, and like I said, I wouldn't read too much into it, like what Jamie's saying, right? You know, um, that shot with, or that chance with Ake where Raya kicked it out and could have easily have gone in, you know, easily, quite easily. And it would have been a very different scenario if it did. It just goes to show how sometimes there are fine margins and how sometimes lady luck can be on your side. So it was a good result. And I think for Arsenal to get it off their back now is very, very important. But yeah, good performance nonetheless. You know, what matters is we've seen the games where they've let themselves down against Fulham and Spurs and, you know, and things like that. And they've bounced back again, which I think is important. You know, that's a resilience that you want to see. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a good result. Very good result. And got to be pleased, you know, with, with something like that. Yeah, I agree. I, I think as well from my side, a bit, bit more of a neutral perspective, but the game I don't think was particularly thrilling. Um, we'll get onto it in a second. Obviously, the the big sort of talking points. I guess if they only had four shots, it makes four shots. It makes sense. But Harlem with a zero point zero xg, no shots. Um, again, potential concern for City, but I think that does touch on Jamie's point of of how well um, Arsenal defended. Um, but let let's get into the sort of controversy now. Jamie, although you might disagree, I, I've not seen social media and Twitter sort of so unanimously in agreement for for a sort of red card decision this season. Even with the um, even with the Curtis Jones one, you know, last game week, people were still divided. But Mateo Kovacic, how on earth he is still on the pitch at I think it's around thirty minute mark, is is a disgrace. I have to be honest; like there is just no justification as to why that shouldn't have been a second yellow. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I can't get my head around it. We've talked to, you know, we've talked before about the, the standard of officiating being at an all-time low. And and again, we're sat here talking about a poor refereeing decision. Maybe not this time with VAR because it was a second yellow, so it didn't go to VAR. But what did you guys make of this? Because for me, it was it was, it was was a disgrace, to be honest. Well, I put in the chat, what is he doing? And I'm sat at the other, I'm, I'm sat behind the goal and that's happened towards the halfway line. I, I'm sat, why is he doing that? Because one sort of like some people have been saying he should have got a red for the first tackle. Now, to be honest, I've watched it again. It really depends. Like sometimes that will be given as a red. Sometimes it won't. I think that's the way it is. But then the second one, the the ref's gone. You know what? It's a big game. I don't want to make that second yellow so shortly after the red card. And to be honest, I reckon we've got all our red cards out in the women's game. So they couldn't give us too many for it. Otherwise, you know, Abu Dhabi would have been on their case. No, but it's, it is it is a, it is a yellow card. That's That tackle on Rice is a yellow card. So that's the second yellow card. He should be off. But I think the ref's not done it due to the context of it's a massive game. It's happened so shortly after the first foul. It It's a bit of a bottle. It really is. That's sort of what it is from the ref's point of view. Because he knows if he gives that red, his cards have got to come out quick quick then for quite a lot of fouls. And I don't think he wants to do that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why everyone was so up in arms about it, really. I think... I think at the end of the day is 
you know, it's another example of he follows the rules, we all have a go at him. If he doesn't follow the rules, we have a go at him. Um, he's probably told the players and the managers in the tunnel, look, it's a big game. I understand emotions can be high. I'm going to referee it with that in mind. Because that would explain why Kovacic would then go and do another tackle after that. Because normally, you know, in your in your right mind, you wouldn't do that. So maybe the ref has just said, I'm going to bear that in mind, you know, and 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 that probably has played a factor. I, I see what people say. I, they weren't the worst tackles I've ever seen, to be fair. Yes, this you could say, you know, the first one. I, I think a yellow was probably fair. Like I don't think it was the worst, worst tackle I've ever seen. It wasn't great. I've seen worse, you know. Um, and then the second one, yeah, it was a silly thing. So maybe the ref has already said, like, look, you know, this is where you need to be careful because the emotions of the game can get in. And again, it's an example, you know, damned if he does, damned if he don't, right? Because <laughs> then we'll all be saying, oh, why doesn't he take it into account? But he, you know, it is he lucky to stay on the pitch? Probably, but is it really that much of a big deal? No. Like, even if Kovacic went off, I don't think there's a huge gaping hole there for City to worry about. I'd be more worried if Nathan AK went off, for example. Um, it wasn't it wasn't that bad. Everyone's just up in arms because they're looking for an excuse. The game was so boring. They must have they're open for anything. So it wasn't wasn't that bad. Wasn't that bad. We we've seen a lot worse. And I've seen people saying about oh, so to get a red card now you have to break someone's leg. But these were the people that were saying you know the game's gone two weeks ago. So what more what more can you do he wasn't going to break anyone's leg it was silly you know but there's probably been that factor from the ref to be to tell them how he was going to referee the game today and that's fine it's fine i think yeah i I kind of get where you're going with that debate about big games you don't want to constantly see big games ruin with red cards um i think that maybe applies to previous ones like in the spurs liverpool game where it's maybe a very light trip up or you know a sort of shoulder barge that's gone into their back up you know incidentally and I do agree with your point on that but I think in this case with Kovacic there's just no argument like the the fact he's done a tackle that was worthy enough to be looked at by VAR on studs up on an ankle and he's then gone and done the same tackle just from a different angle six minutes later get get him Rice's ankle again I think if I'm being honest I think if if Arsenal hadn't won the game there would be a massive, massive uproar, and, and rightly so. But because Arsenal did nick the winner somehow, some way, I think everyone's a little bit more relaxed about it. But um, but yeah, referees, in my opinion, this disappointing again. Um, let let's talk about the, the the title race now because what this result has done for for the neutrals and and basically you know the top half of the league is make things very, very interesting. We're now going into an international break. Um, and as it stands, we've got Spurs top Spurs top of the table. I'll say that again. This is real life. Spurs are top of the Premier League table. Um, albeit on, on goals scored, I believe, but still. So we've got Spurs in first place, 20 points. Arsenal second, 20 points. Same goal difference. Then you've got City on 18, Liverpool on 17. And for those who like an underdog, you've got Villa and Brighton on um on 16 points it looks as though by every metric we actually have a title race this year i know we did have one last year but it felt inevitable do you guys think this could be one of the most exciting title races ever or do you think it's going to end the same way as every other race 
Well, I hope it ends in the same way. <laughs> I hope it's four in a row. Um, I just, I don't think the most exciting one ever. I think that's going to be something that's going to be said around just because I don't think actually anything's going to probably match that City Liverpool one where we got 98 and 97 points, where a draw was like not even a couple of draws, a draw, single draw was cost Liverpool the league. So I don't think it's going to be an all time great one and teams will fall off. Fall off. Um, whether it's Spurs, whether it's Liverpool, whether it's Arsenal, whether it's City, one or one, probably two of them will drop off and it'll be a head to head where you might have third that are somewhere close, nothing like that. Um, look, Spurs, I, th- I even saw a Spurs fan say, don't talk to me about a title race. I, if it's game week 32 or something like that, and we're still top, then talk to me, which I think is actually quite level-headed. Whereas if you saw the celebrations after yesterday and a few comments on social media, Arsenal have already won the league. Um, I know Reese won't agree with that part. I certainly won't, and I don't know if you would, George, but it's, I think it's open at the moment and that's what it is i think it's always going to be it's eight games in it's 30 to go it's when you get to february march time that's when it's massive so it's it's too i think it's too early to talk title races for every team i know everyone expects city to be up there but it's still too early for that you just don't know how the sort of team is going to actually properly gel big injuries here and there can cost you and just completely derail what everyone thinks of at the moment yeah i think spurs have surprised everyone no question when you lose your best player you get a new manager who many people and this this includes spurs fans many people were actually questioning postacoglu's appointment based on his previous record that's before he even joined He's come in and somehow got this Spurs team firing on all cylinders, looking like they've been playing together five, ten years. Now, initially, the logical person in me goes, the Spurs will obviously just bottle it and they can't sustain this level of title challenge. But then I'm reminded to Arsenal last season. And what, what Spurs have now is almost what Arsenal had last season it's just momentum, it's belief, it's players ticking together like you've never seen before. Bit of a new style, you know. So I'm sort of asking myself, why can't Spurs do... I'm not saying they're going to win the league, but why can't Spurs do what Arsenal did last season and just ride this wave of a bit of momentum, a bit of luck when they need it? There's, I, I don't see a reason they can't. It's very similar to Arsenal last season. If you get a few injuries, I think they'll drop off. But we all said the same thing. And I feel like if Spurs can keep that going somehow, they could be maybe an Arsenal. I don't think they're going to win the league, no. But they could push, maybe, who knows? They could push Man City. They could push Arsenal. I don't know. So I, th- I think there's reason for Spurs fans to be optimistic. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I mean, if you think Brighton and Villa are in with a chance of a title, that's like me saying I'm going to pull Margot Robbie. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> Let's let's be sensible here. Don't worry about those two. Um, on 
on a Spurs front, yes, they're in with a chance. I always said losing Kane wasn't the worst thing in the world because they'll change tactically. They don't have to keep looking for him to give the ball. They can open up elsewhere. They're in with a chance. The game against Sheffield United was an example of where it could go right or where it could go wrong for them. They could have lost at home to probably the worst team in the league. Um, and it had just been like, well, you know, come on. But then they scored two goals in stoppage time. So it shows that they've got the mentality to do it, but it also shows they've still got it in their locker to do that. So we can't we can't judge them until later on in the season. Um, on an Arsenal front, look, this game doesn't decide the title. You know, it's a great result because they get the monkey off their back, and it shows that they have improved. It's a big, big result for them to take away, but it means absolutely nothing if they lose to Chelsea after the international break. All that hard work just comes undone. So they need to stay focused, you know, and make sure that they keep on the on the trajectory that they want to go. As a, this game does not decide the title. If they won this game in April, completely different story. But as we saw with the last two years, Arsenal couldn't get it done when it mattered. And that is a fact. And that's something that Arteta now needs to get right. Okay, if we played Man City this time in April, would we have beaten them? Probably not. Okay, so this is where it's all good banking up your points now, but it's how you finish the race, okay? City will know that. They're not panicking. They're not panicking at all. You know, they know what it means. Alex Ferguson used to do that as well, okay? So talk again towards the end of the season that's the important thing here but it's a good result nonetheless but they need to build on it like I said it means nothing if they go and get even soundly beaten by Chelsea next week after international break they need to start getting some more free points on the board to be worrying about it but positive signs nonetheless and before we move on I guess to your point what what would you say is one, well, we'll each say one, I guess, but what would you say is one key takeaway from the Arsenal-Man City result for either side? For me, how crucial Saliba and Rice are in all of this. His performance, Saliba had Haaland in his pocket. I know Haaland didn't put in a great performance anyway, but Saliba was class, Rice was brilliant. Those two are crucial. They stay fit. That's the game changer for me. That's the takeaway I saw from that game personally. Um, it's sort of, I guess it's just sort of like the margins, sort of like, like you say, there's no, there's no deflected goal. There's no sort of like the whole narrative could be completely different if there was no deflected goal. It's a small margin that can win you titles. Small margin of Rodri acting stupidly, getting sent off for for no reason while we were coasting against Forest. Things like that can can you know make the title one way or the other. But I think I think everyone needs to you know it's it's not over by any means. Let's like say it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, I think for me, it's just that the City aren't, you know, well, they're not invincible. Arsenal will like that reference now. They've lost a couple of games, but City 
are penetrable, I guess, is my key takeaway. You know, even we've we've talked all summer about City, you know, weakening, not the best window, etc. And then it was, what, six out of six? And they were clear already at the top of the table. And everyone's going, it's done already. I said it myself. I was like, oh, here we go, another boring season. So I'm kind of glad, to be honest, even from a sort of neutral perspective in the title race, that we are hopefully going to see a bit more drama and it's not just going to be a one-horse race. And City have showed, maybe it's just Rodri. We'll, we'll soon find out in the coming weeks. But City can be beaten. They can be reduced to four shots. They can be reduced to many chances. And and Haaland can be stopped. So I think for me, that that's the key takeaway. Um, on that note, let, let's talk very briefly on Man City's chances of winning the title. Despite everything I've just said, they still reach it. I think you just touched on it. They're not panicking. Pep will not be... He, he obviously will care they lost, don't get me wrong, but he's series kicking off. Um he he will not be panicking at all. Like they know they'll go again. They'll know Rodri's coming back, KDB's coming back. So I think City are still, you know, by lot by a long shot favourites for the title. Either of you disagree on that? I think you have to have City as favourites just based on based the way they do it is sort of like Who's who's going to have the best XG attacking and defensively? Every metric will say City. It just will. So City will be favourites, like we are for the Champions League, like we are for every competition we're in. This result does not change that because if we play Arsenal and we beat them, we then go above them. If that makes sense, it's sort of like it's only two points. It's a game difference. Um, we were seven points behind Arsenal and had to play them twice and made it up last season. It's it's not won and lost in October. It's won and lost towards March, around March time, so February, March, April. That's when it matters. Um, I think there is, it does show that we do miss De Bruyne in a bit, a bit. Um, but then we're also we were missing Stones all this season. He's not played; he's only just come back. He's someone who could have filled in for Rodri as well. So it's sort of it's all like annoying little injuries that have dampened sort of that that made the suspension worse. If that makes sense, there's no worry from City's point of view. We should be up there unless something massively goes wrong. Um, we should be competing on three fronts. FA Cup, Champions League and League. People have already said, people are talking about, can we do the treble back-to-back? That's ridiculous. Get get towards the end of the season before you even talk about that. But we're, we're not worried. We're going to react. Like I think actually we did skip over it. Walker, Walker at the end of the game, um, sort of kicking off a bit with the set-piece coach. I think he used to be at City. Um it shows they're annoyed, frustrated, but that means they can come back with a bit of a vengeance, hopefully, bit between their teeth and kick on. To that point, though, surely that's not a good thing because, as as you've just said, Rodri, Rodri's cost you. And, you know, people might disagree, but you look a different side without Rodri. Therefore, you can make a case that Rodri has cost you maybe the Carabao Cup, that might be a bit dramatic, but he potentially cost no. you six points. Carabao Cup, Carabao Cup, he wasn't playing. He wasn't going to play. It wasn't at least he definitely wasn't going to start. So 
that one was sort of like when we when he knew he could be suspended for that, I was happy with that. I was like, yep, yeah, no problem. Give him a yeah. rest. The Wolves game, look, you've got to think there there's plenty of other quality players in that squad. So yes, Roger was stupid for getting sent off, but it's not his fault. We've got enough quality players for him not to play two games. Like if we've got to rely on one player to play every single game, that's a big problem. So, no, I won't blame Rodri in it. It's not good that he got sent off, but it's, yeah, it's a stupid, stupid red card, but I don't, I think players have got to get on with it because you're going to, like Arsenal are going to have, I don't know, Saliba's going to get five yellow cards at one point. He'll miss a game. Is that his fault for getting five bookings? You can't go. It's his fault, and then Arsenal lose, kind of thing. It's. I think it's a bit. Uh, five, five bookings is probably a bit different. I think a red for nothing is is where I'd draw the line. It's, it's stupid, but I don't think it. It's not. Yeah, you got you got to use the other players who are on the pitch, really, because he could be he could have been injured instead, and then you can't go. He's costing. No, no, no. The point. Sorry, the point. To be honest, what I was more saying was like with Carl Walker kicking off at the end of the game. He's no, that's just frustration. That's but just. I'm saying, that's just... If you're kicking off at refs or officials or having a fight, you've got to be careful now. Because with the new rules, we, like we've already seen it. We, we were joking about it with Reese James. He got, a, I know he's injured, so it doesn't matter, but he got a one-match ban and a 90-grand fine for kicking off at an official. So I'm saying, like again, Carl Walker being frustrated, you've also got to think of the implications because he, you know, let's say it was an, an official. Right, yeah. He could then yeah. get banned. Yeah, but... You know what I mean? It's It's... Yeah, but then there's got to be times where it it kicks off in the middle of a game. It thing, things happen throughout the season. You'll see it for your side. You'll see it for Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, Spurs. It'll kick off at some point. It's fr- frustration. It is. That's all it is at the end of the game. It's a little bit of handbags. Yeah. It. But as long as you don't, you don't, you got don't continuously do stupid stuff, and you'll be fine. Yeah. But. Everyone gets frustrated. It's just human nature. Yeah, and just to round that off, there's nothing to, like I said, worry about with City. It's not much of a shock they're having a treble hangover. Like, come on, like, you know, who wouldn't be? You know, you'd be mentally exhausted and, you know, can't believe what you've achieved. So you probably expect to foot off the gas a little bit. But also, this isn't the first time this has happened with Pep and City where they lose a couple of games in a row or go for a sticky period. You know, in the 1819 season, I think they had a, a bit of a situation where it was a couple of silly home defeats and a, and a couple well, of draws. You do, say, you do say that the last time City lost two Premier League games in a row was December 2018. But more, but this is the thing. Is That's how long ago it is, has been. Then they'll, they'll say they do a, a loss and a draw. They had like, I think even last season, they had a couple of periods where it was like win, draw, win, draw or whatever. Yeah. You know, they do get those little sticky sticky ruts even was it 2021 you know season or sorry 21-22 season they lost the first game even and then they went on that run and you just couldn't stop them they have that little sticky period and then they just click again because they obviously re-energize they realize what they're doing wrong and they just get it done so there's nothing to look into you know it's it's no it's not really not really a big deal it, they will turn it around again and get everybody fit at this moment in time it's just that little period where they're just you're plodding along you know it comes to January and it will click into gear probably I do want to quickly say I disagree with you saying that there's this treble hangover and Gary Neville keeps saying it as well 
Now, he may have felt it when he won the treble, but we won six out of six. That's not a hangover, is it? <laughs> so I, I disagree on that. The Wolves, like, like I say, like against Arsenal, if we drew that game, no one talks about the hangover because they go, you know what? They lost against Wolves. Once, if you go one game in 38 where you play awfully, no one bats an eyelid. You go, well, you know what? That wasn't our day. Move on. It's because we've lost again to Arsenal, to, like I say, a deflected goal. I think people are going over the top with it, really. It's not, it, you, it could be a hangover, but it's just, it's just, there's no evidence to suggest that when you win six for six. Okay, it's now six for eight. Still, still not a bad record, is it? Being third in the table, um, best goal difference in the league, a joint joint best defence. It's yeah. that's You've why I just don't think. It's been... You've had the perfect start until this point, so I think yeah. maybe that's a bit harsh. But I guess time will time will tell. Um, before we wrap up, let's just have a quick prediction. How many teams do we think will be in the title race with ten games to go in the season? I'll start. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go optimistic and say three. I don't know what three it'll be, but I think we could get quite an interesting three horse race. How many points are you saying is in the title race? Like five, six points. I can only see two. And that's Arsenal City. No, I'm not. I'm not even certain on the teams to be honest. But it'll be it'll be two teams. I still think Liverpool have still got a chance of doing that. So, yeah, it, I think it's two and it'll be out of City, Arsenal, Liverpool. Reese, Yeah, I'll say three. But the third team is more of a, yeah, you have to keep improving. They're going to be there to keep up the hill, so to speak. They might not even go first, like get first place in any capacity, but they'll be there biting at the hills. Cool. Well, there you have it. That wraps us up for another edition. As always, let us know your thoughts in the comments. Will it be a two-way, three-way title race? Who knows? As always, like, comment, and subscribe. You know the drill.